Hello, welcome back to Crush Fictionally. Y'all know me, it's Kimberly Trung. And to my virtual side, I have my co-host, Michelle Veray. Hello, hello, hello. And guys, we are so excited today. <laughs> At least I am. I am excited. We are talking kids cartoons, those nostalgic cartoons, whether it was a movie that you had on a VHS that you watched a thousand times every week, you remember hitting rewind on that tape, or it was a cartoon mm-hmm. that you tuned into every afternoon when you rushed yes. home from school, or that Saturday morning cartoon that you just, you know, that was the one that got you out of bed. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm super excited to talk cartoons. We have a wonderful guest today. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited to introduce her, Ruby Merez. Hi, friends. Yay. Yay. <laughs> um, well, Love the show. Love you guys. Very excited Aww. to be on. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Please tell us more compliments. <laughs> um, Don't stop. Don't thank stop. you for existing. Thank Aww. you for being a caring, joyful person. <laughs> I think we need more people Aww. like that. So thanks for... You're too sweet. You're too sweet. Look, um, I'm not trying to, you know, I'm just too excited. I'm about to burst. It seems uh, we need to talk cartoons soon. But before we get into that, well, first of all, Ruby Merez is number one, a very talented comedian, writer, improviser, actor. She truly does it all. And uh, if you stalked me on the Internet, I hope you have. Um, (laughs) Otherwise, if you haven't, pause and stalk and come back. (laughs) There's really nothing that interesting about me on the Internet. But if you have come across me on the Internet by a Google search, you probably have seen Ruby in uh, some sketch videos that we both have produced and mm-hmm. have starred in. So I and personally wrote. and wrote. Um, so I personally love Ruby. Um, so I, I'm biased. But again, I think I am. I think I'm unbiased enough to know that Ruby's a great person with or without my personal well, we think Not that her. by the time when you're done with this podcast, you will also love Ruby. And then you should go stalk her on the internet as well. This is true. Gently stalk. like Gently. In a <laughs> nice, no caring, mind. supportive way is yes. what we mean. Yes. Oh, speaking of caring, supporting way. Um, <laughs> before we get into our fictional crushes from kids' cartoons, I just want to ask, is there like a sweet memory of of your pick today, whatever it is before, without giving away your pick, Mm -hmm. is there a sweet memory associated with that pick that brings you back to a particular time? Like a mental pick memory pick. Yeah. Yeah. Uh huh. Okay. So seeing the label on the VHS Mm -hmm. before I would put it in and just knowing like about to feel good. Like oh. this, you know, because we all are our own healers and medicine yeah. people. Even at a little age, you know what makes you feel good. Yeah, so that's I, true. Just seeing that label. And my brother said, like, you wore that tape out. Like, I'm pretty sure we had a couple versions <gasps> of them. And similar to what you're saying, like, I definitely had one from the library that just, like, never got returned. Never got returned. Oh, yeah. Never got returned. And, no. like, my mom would be like, where is that? I'd be like, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't even think I, I watched it. <laughs> I think I was just like, no. I don't know if it was. To it. Yes. And I don't, I don't know if it ever got returned, but like just knowing, knowing at a young age that I was able to be like, this is what's good for us, you know, because Mm -hmm. it was kind of the opposite of my real environment. 
surprised oh. everything I was looking for, like oh. emotional safety. We're talking about feelings. We're caring. We're like, there's a world where people will care and want to share your grief and your joy with you. Oh, mm. I love that. Michelle, do you, Stop. do you have a memory associated with your character pick today? Yeah, I, it was hard for me to pick between two. One is a movie and one Ooh. is a TV series. But the I distinctly remember on Sunday nights when I was little, they used to have this like Disney showcase and oh. they used to have Walt yes. Disney like intro this movie, oh my God, yes. whatever the pick was. So you'd watch it with like full commercials. And, and so they showed older movies like stuff from the 70s and and 60s so that's how i got watching into like robin hood and all those cute like early early walt disney cartoons and so i distinctly remember it's like sunday night and we've had dinner and it was like this relaxing thing to watch that was really wholesome you know Mm -hmm. and i to this day i watch how i watched tv when as a kid i watch it from the floor i watch i usually watch tv sitting on the floor (laughs) and so there's something very nostalgic about that is feeling like comfortable physically and then like ruby what you're talking about like having this very comforting feeling so everything that i watch teeing up this episode it honestly are things that i have not watched since i was a kid and so i wasn't sure what would hold up and would i have the same feelings but how do you feel yeah i felt the same i felt very Mm. i felt very at peace and um it just felt like a simpler time you know like when you're a kid and you don't even necessarily have to worry about homework you don't have to worry about anything bills anything as like an adult and just watching the like one show that that I remember seeing on like the Sunday night Disney showcase and then the other TV show I'm thinking of they used to play when I would get home from school, but not oh. often. I wouldn't know when they would play it. And so it was a surprise. It's a, so it was kind of like, oh, would it come on? And the music would come on. And hearing that music now as an adult, I was like, can't tell me this music isn't great. Oh my but, God, I love that. You know, that's you at a young age. One, you're learning how to decompress and and self-regulate, you know, like Mm -hmm. we do it through meditation, we do it through yoga, we do it through grounding ourselves, we do it through walks in nature, like that's how we like come back home, you know, and for me, these shows, uh, it provided that like, I'm back at home, I'm in a safety bubble, and Mm -hmm. somatically, like you said, you watch it on the floor, and as a kid, that was soothing for your nervous system. To just be, and I find it, like, even as an adult, there was, when I used to go into an office, not now that I don't anymore, but even as an adult going, and an adult going to an office and then coming home at the end of the work day, there was something that I needed to have happen, which is just to sit and be, and not necessarily to be watching TV, although that's comforting, but I need, I need that. And I, I just started realizing that as w- I was gearing up to talk about cartoons, I was like, oh, this all comes back to me coming home from school and just say like, oh, I'm not in this structured environment. I just need to like decompress. Not that I would have called it that as a kid or mm-hmm. like not that we did meditation and like as a family right. or anything like that. <laughs> um, but that's but it's a self-soothing technique that you mm-hmm. picked up on. You're like, I'm going to repeat this. Yeah. Oh, how deep. 
took it real deep for me and I. Man, what about you? Even five minutes into the podcast, <laughs> we are so deep, y'all. There's somebody who tuned in who just wanted to hear us talk about cartoons, and now we're talking about like <laughs> decompression and meditation and self soothing. But anyway, ultimately, it's self care. It is like, self care. We're not oh. taught this, which I think is a shame because like you literally have to deal with yourself the rest of your life. Where's the education for that? I mm-hmm. swear to God, I have. The algebra I didn't learn, like, or the little bits I may have picked up on, like, I call on them once in a while at most. And I don't remember most of it, so so I just have to ask somebody, like, whatever. Some algebra question. I can't even think of one right now. But, like, how do you deal with disappointment? How do you deal with loss? How do you deal with grief? My pick talks about all that. How do you deal with being bullied? Like, it's such a, like, how to handle the world navigation tool that I think is sorely missing in all of our education. It's interesting you say that because my number one pick has to deal with like, um, like uh, insecurities, I guess is probably a big part of it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that plays out a lot when, as we become adults, like you don't realize what insecurities you have or things that you're taught to be insecure about. And so you carry them into adulthood. Mm -hmm. And so I'm watching this cartoon and I was like, man, did I, put this in the recesses somewhere of my brain as these characters are talking about, oh, because you're this, you shouldn't feel good about yourself. And I'm like watching it, getting all defensive of these fictional characters and be like, no, he, he should, he should feel great about himself, you know? So oh. I feel like uh, there's a big part that these shows have played in our adulthood as we've even, and these fictional characters. But I think so. Yeah. I think that this is where I think, you know, people are quick to be like, oh, kids cartoons are silly. They're, they're, they're unintelligent. They're for young kids, young minds, whatever, who, you know, and un, uh, immature minds or whatever. And let me tell you, when I sat back and rewatched my pick this week, oh my God. God, my this cartoon is brilliant. It is so brilliant. It is so intelligent. And I really appreciate the creators and writers of the show trying to teach. I think a lot of cartoons try to do this where they're trying to teach you morals and ethics and survival techniques. And that's what I love about kids cartoons. Mm -hmm. Now, I. For me, our writing teacher said that too. Our writing teacher is an animation teacher. Yes, she said mm-hmm. that before. Like when you go and pitch, shout a kid's out to show, Patricia. Patricia Valletta. Patricia. <laughs> She's like, oh god. This is I the part where she turns podcast. off the podcast. <laughs> She's like, bye. <laughs> Thanks for going up my spot. Um, she has shared with us in our writing sessions, like when you pitch an animated show, like what are the kids supposed to learn here? You know, and how many TV shows, I mean, Kim, you've pitched, I've pitched TV shows for adults, to adults. There is, I mean, in mine, mine had a main goal that was like, you know, healing self journey for humanity mm-hmm. theme. But most shows, it's not, there's no moral backbone or mm-hmm. many shows, many shows. And it's, it's not a consideration as it is for kids television. And mm-hmm. it's so funny how like we assume that adults you just know that yeah right it's like yeah freaking right yeah um, when I, at what point am i you think i p- picked that up at home Those they're like oh are- you learned it while you're watching kids cartoons right that was it <laughs> it's like yeah maybe hopefully um i can tell you right now that my i have 
I think the best memories of my uh, childhood is this, this might sound really sad is like waking up on a Saturday yes. or Sunday morning and knowing that um, now granted this didn't happen throughout my childhood, but if there was a day where both my parents were off work mm-hmm. and I woke up and my mom might be like cooking something and my dad might be, I don't know, farting around the house and I, you know, would watch cartoons and we were just together. Like, Aww. even though technically we may, you know, my mom and dad didn't sit down and watch cartoons with me or whatever. Like we, we didn't watch it as a family, but it I have a very positive association with waking up and being like, yay, I get to go watch like X, Y, and Z. And I know exactly what time they come on. And I know what, you know, what order they come on Yes, and being disappointed if I woke up one morning too late and I missed an episode. And you'd ask your sibling if they taped it for you. And sometimes they'd say yes. And sometimes they'd be like, fuck (laughs) you. And you're like, what? (laughs) Did you tame Animaniacs or not? And you know. I love that. Kim, as you're describing it, I have a very, like, I got a flashback (gasps) to my childhood. What? Yeah, just like, just of like waking up and on a, like a sunny day, you know, sunny California day and it's nice out and it's like, but my family's there and my parents are cooking or, Mm. you know, whatever. And it was just like a lazy Saturday or Sunday yeah, and we were to all to together. School. Yeah, you didn't oh, have yeah. Girl to worry. or some shit that you're like, I don't want to be signed <laughs> up for this activity. I just yeah, want to watch TV. Exactly. It was just, and it's, it's so it was just like that just gave me this flashback of this oh. really like sweet memory of that's, you know, what we did like on a weekend morning. It's funny that yours is including your family and mine's like, no one's home. I'm alone. I get the TV. Oh. I get to eat as much cereal as I want. Like I'm in my safe, you know, I don't have to, cause I had so many siblings too. And like yeah. the fight for the TV was. I oh. See, I didn't yeah. have that issue. It was just me. Yeah. It was just yeah. me for many years until I was like 15 years old. But even then, like I'm not fighting over cartoons on Saturday morning at 15. <laughs> um, oh, but- my brother and I think got into altercations from like age five <laughs> to probably 22. Like, <laughs> throwing remotes at each other you know like choking each other like it's my turn for the table we were very we were very violent households i mean (laughs) i feel like that's pretty normal yeah sibling behavior yeah like uh i mean again i don't know i can't tell you uh, having like my siblings are literally like the closest in age is like 15 years old i like (laughs) you you beat that window yeah exactly uh, I can I verify. Didn't... I can verify. Because there was also, not that we're talking about it, but there was wrestling on Sun mornings, like the <laughs> WWF. Mornings, yes. yes. And so I have an older brother and oh, you yes. can't see it in the picture, but I've got a scar up here because <gasps> I was thrown into a table and <gasps> like um, the nice Saturday or Sunday morning, whatever, it, we were wrestling and he was obviously bigger than I was me. <laughs> through me and I I you guys I was like two inches not to be dramatic but it was two inches because it's like right above <gasps> my like right, right eye of probably like losing you my eye been, just like yeah, bloody yeah I had to get stitches right Jeez. up here because we thought wrestling was cool and why not totally. so and that's I what would brothers, let my brothers do the house with me and then I'd be yeah. sobbing at them like hit me too hard too <laughs> much and my parents always used to say someone's gonna get hurt it was always me <laughs> yeah Aww. someone's gonna get hurt same same stitches bloody blood everything so yeah that's how it that's how it was although i don't remember us fighting over the tv for whatever reason we must my brother have said but... one time i threw a bowl of cereal at him <laughs> to like, like get the remote remember. 
Well, I was like, I have a faint memory of something of that ilk happening. I don't deny it. <laughs> like, I'm sure I did. Sounds I was reasonable. To- <laughs> All I'm going to say is that sounds reasonable. Um, the only thing I'm sad about is that you lost a bowl of cereal, which is the, uh, the second joy that you get on a Saturday morning is a bowl exactly. of cereal. Same. Except, you know what, guys? I will say I did try Cinnamon Toast Crunch for the first time, and I didn't like it. You didn't, didn't like it? Too sweet? Yeah, I just didn't. I didn't like it in the milk. Is that weird? I didn't like it in the milk. I liked it maybe like tasting it dry. I was like, oh, this is tasty. And then I put it in the milk and I was like, oh, no, no, no. So I know that's an unpopular opinion. But listen, your taste buds change. You're allowed. I can't can't fuck with the cinnamon toast crunch anymore. I ate that (laughs) for all my meals for like 10 years. I cannot fuck with no cinnamon toast crunch. That is too sweet. Too sweet. I have weaned myself off. The teat of sugar. <laughs> and I shan't go back to the devil. I shan't go. Okay. I, we have to, we have to formally start the show. I don't know if it goes. Oh, we haven't formally from, started? I, yeah, exactly. I don't know if it, I don't know if it goes up from here. Uh, Absolutely she she worked in a shant. She says, I don't fuck with cinnamon toast crunch anymore. Guys, let's and go. And she ahead. just called sugar the devil. So with that, you guys. <laughs> let's start the show. Fictionally, it's Michelle Veray, and with me is Kimberly Trong. Hello. And we have the lovely, 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 and funny Ruby Marez with us today. Mm-hmm. We're talking kids' cartoons, as you know, but I had a question before we get into our number one crushes because I was watching a lot of cartoons as if I was a kid this week. Mm-hmm. I know there's like that old adage of you can never go home again, but I disagree. I think that you can. And I felt like this was a very nostalgic going home for me, watching these shows that I haven't watched since I was a kid and seeing if anything felt familiar. I will say, for the most part, for me, things felt familiar. There was one thing I did watch that felt completely different (laughs) that I will talk about in a little bit. But Mm. how about for you guys? Did any of it like feel familiar or was there anything that you that like struck a chord with you that felt completely different? I I first want to say who that say you can't go home. I don't even know what that means. You're supposed to go home to yourself every fucking day. Ruby, okay, you're is, so wise. This is where you take serenity. <laughs> this is where you get your peace. This is where you like collect your energies and, and harmonize with yourself. You come back home to you. Mm-hmm. So I love that's, it. that needs to be on everyone's agenda every day because we're so dysregulated because we don't have that as a practice. Mm. And I hope during COVID, People, you know, you've had to be within four walls of your own energy for more time than you've probably ever done your entire life. Right. Even if you're stay at home, Kim, you've been home more than you ever have in your entire life, right? Listen, you're not going to tell my ass I can't go home. I'm going to bust through that door. I still have the key. That's right. (laughs) You can't tell me I can't go home. The problem. You've got to get to your safe space, your comfort, your good. The familiar things that you know recharge you and and bring you joy. It can be very hostile out there, you know, Mm -hmm, energetically. mm -hmm. And people are wounded and it's been a trying year. So even more, I hope attention has been paid to like centering and grounding and getting back in touch with your home, which is you. Yeah. 
I love it. I love the idea of going home again, whether it's like you it, uh, recalling a memory or like, you know, uh, eating something you ate when you were a kid um, or, you know, like watching something that resonates with you. So like I was, su- I guess I was pleasantly surprised that there was so much that seemed familiar in like me watching this stuff again. Like it didn't, even though it's obviously been a long time since I've watched it, I was like, wow, this really, this really still resonates with me as an adult. Yeah. Uh, look, I can tell you straight up, I'm with you, Michelle. I rewatched my pick, mm-hmm. uh, my show and my character pick as of this morning. Actually, even I, a, as I sat on my couch on a Saturday morning, we're recording this on Saturday. I felt the joy I felt when I watched this show on Saturday mornings. Um, and if anything, watching the show content wise, what it, it is just as good now as it was when I was a kid. If anything, I have, I think now a deeper appreciation yes. for the show mm-hmm. for just how intelligent it was. And I didn't know at the time because mm-hmm. there were things where I'll mention this uh, when I reveal my character, but like, there are things where the lines are just superb and they were there as like a wink and a nod for like any adult watching Mm -hmm. because it definitely would have gone over a seven to 11 year old's head. Yeah. Um, Unless that 11 year old's like super smart. Unlike me. I think it is Um, imprinting too. Not to interrupt. I think Mm -hmm. it's a little like dropping seeds Mm -hmm. imprinting early on and somewhere in the recesses of your mind, you filed it away in your giant filing cabinet brain. You know, yeah, and you'll pull it out and be like, "Caring is sharing." Girl, I like. Where did I get that from? There was a line that happened in one of the episodes I watched this morning, and like, I laughed out loud. It was so good, and it was such. It was a line written for an adult, and it was so damn good. That's all I'm gonna say. I'll I'll give you the line later, but um, yeah, I, I did feel, I did feel the same nostalgia. Ruby, did you feel like? Did you feel like a child? Felt childhood? a joy, felt a coming home. I'm not afraid to tell listeners. I literally called Kim and I was like, we're going to have to delay this by half an hour because I haven't finished. <laughs> like I woke up with so much excitement to like watch cartoons and cereal, which is what I did. And then I was like, I have to like go out and get some real food. So I had to pause watching it. And mm-hmm. I was like, I got to finish this before we chat. It, 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 I want to do my pick justice. Can I reveal it? When do I get to reveal it? Let's get Let's right into it. it. Let's do it. Let's, okay. Let's reveal get right into it. Number one. We've been keeping y'all waiting too long. And Ruby, <laughs> I know you're like, you, you're you like a hole. She's ready to burst. You're like a hole in a dam. She's like, she's ready. <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, non-binary folks, bears, animals, plants, <laughs> humanity, species, universe. Care Bears is the greatest fucking cartoon that was ever made. Oh, Care Bears. And not like... The message behind this. it is so fucking deep and good, which is caring is sharing, sharing is caring. We got to talk about our feelings. We got to find people oh, to share our feelings with. Mm-hmm. How, How incredibly woke. aware and conscious and wonderful. Look, okay, yes. uh, I don't want to interrupt you. I don't want to interrupt your flow. But can you just quickly describe the show or movie or you know franchise yes. to someone who has no experience with Care Bears? This is the original Care Bears movie. Care Bears, everything I was just talking about, that came after the fact that a greeting card company was made and Care Bears was part of this greeting card company. I did not know that. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then it like took off. Mm-hmm. Why? Because old or young, 
you want to know that people care. Oh, you know, and like there's these pretty colorful, you know, little bears. I don't even think they were. They gendered. were so cute. They're I so cute. I don't think they were gendered. Hair. I actually don't think that they were. They, maybe it was like implied or whatever. Maybe, but I remember but like, having the stuffed animals as a kid. You did, and I did yeah. have a Care Bear, and they had the little <laughs> heart on the butts and everything, and they were just so cute. Oh, but, and they yes. had their power. Each of them has mm-hmm. a superpower. Mm-hmm. So, like, one of them's like, I'm really good at sleep. Another one's like, I'm really good at keeping secrets. And another one's like, <laughs> I'm excellent at sharing. And another one's like, I'm just good luck. <laughs> Not just, I'm good yes. luck there. Like, yeah. So everyone's power, you know, which all of us have a special talent unique to us is highlighted and they're all one and unite and come together as one. Now in the movie, which obviously was a 1985, 1986 movie. Okay. The the greeting card company then came out with, because they're like, wow, these bears are popular. So the original movie has Mickey Rooney in it. And I think Carol King does the songs. I wouldn't. Carol King does do the song. in it. You're totally right. And the songs are just pure fucking magic. Like as an adult, I dare you to listen to it and not come away clutching your heart and being like, wow, I really needed to be reminded of that. Yeah. Oh, because they Which tackle it- some kind of tough stuff in the beginning. And there's a, there's two siblings mm-hmm. who are orphaned, right? Yes. Oh God. And they're like, what they do, which we all do, right? They have now abandonment, rejection, and loss of parents, parents, oh, plural, God, yeah. and your little kid. So like major attachment wound, right? Mm-hmm. And what's their coping mechanism? Their coping mechanism is I'm going to shut out everyone else because I cannot bear to be pain like this ever again. Right. Because they're like, I don't I don't need friends. I don't need anyone to care about me because anybody- People let you down. Yeah. And they even oh. say that. Like people that you care about are just going to leave you. Mm-hmm. And I, well, anyways, I rewatched this. But we this. decided to never care again is what yes. they said. I think that's such like a deep cut for like, I remember watching it as a kid. I remember loving the Care Bears. Um, I watched this again now and I was like, man, why don't I own this movie? It makes me feel so good. Like watching, listening to all these songs and they're talking about, it's okay that you feel hurt because then if you tell us you feel hurt, then we can help you. And it's okay to feel that you feel like people might leave you. And I was like, that's a heavy subject for watching this as like a little kid. You right. share your grief, you cut it in half, you share your joy, you double it. Oh. That's, that's I think, an AA one. thing but or some self-help thing. But, like, <laughs> that's what they promote and talk I about. They're like, yes, it is going to happen that some people might leave, but there will be others who don't who will stick by you and help you, like, share your feelings and talk about difficult things. And, like, sometimes we feel mad. Sometimes we feel sad. Like, they normalize the wheel of emotions, mm. you know, and, like, remind you, like, oh, emotions come in. And they come out and you just ride that wave, you know, but none of them are like wrong or bad or should be shamed or like not talked about. And there is an antagonist in it, but you never feel like he is shamed. Like he's, you know, he's never, he's not glorified. Shaming doesn't change behavior. Brene Brown. Brene Brown. Mm -hmm. And, and other people, my psych teacher, um, April Dawn Harder says that too, but like, it's true. You cannot shame behavior to change for the positive and that's what we live in is a culture that does that and that's why we're not getting better as a as a species you know but like the more we actually open ourselves up to empathy and vulnerability and recognizing we all have attached wounds and doing our 
self-healing, mm-hmm. which you also, you know, you get healing from friends. Kim says lovely, wonderful things to me that helps me like remind my ego voice when it's telling me that I suck. I'm like, no, no, no. Kim says I'm great. And I'm going to, I'm going to choose to believe Kim today. <laughs> you have to believe that like positive voice like you sh- everyone should have right. a friend like kim who tells you positive that- things or like not just me <laughs> just or, or, everybody or could just be your, like me yourself yeah. too to be like oh i i shouldn't believe the bad things i'm telling i'm telling myself about myself yes and the, the antagonist in this is truly that spirit i don't like that wow. it has a feminine voice because it drives oh. me the story which almost all many disney films do Wicked Witch, like the stepmother's always evil, like mm, that narrative. A bad woman, yeah, yeah. yeah. A mm-hmm. bad woman that you can't mm-hmm. trust mm-hmm. and that does voodoo on you. Mm-hmm. So let's just gaslight women as a society. But so the spirit does have a female <laughs> voice, so I'm not here for that. Mm. I don't think this kind of thinking was around in the early 80s, you mm. know? I mean, so, it is a very – look, when you think about it, like the 80s – I, we are, God, we were, we're just getting into like uh, a, an era of really exploring psychology, right? And mental health and like kind of getting past Freud, you know, just looking yeah. as, at mm-hmm. Freud as like the end all be all to how the mind works. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what, a, an, I don't know, what an incredible story to, sh- to, to show children. Mm-hmm. I love it when a cartoon or something that is meant for kids tackles tough subjects, because we in society, adults, parents, whatever, we want to pretend as if kids don't go through pain right. as if somehow if we and just we shield them, it. right, because right. As like it, you're too young to even get what pain is. And it's like, who the fuck? What? Or the opposite where we shield them from pain as if like somehow that is the way to solve it. And it's like, no, you need to let them feel the pain and let them and then let them work through how that feels and not tell them to suppress their emotion Mm -hmm. um, and pretend as if that thing didn't happen. Like we have to address the painful event or else now they go into their adulthood with this suppressed trauma um i i truly love that is there a character in care bears that like absolutely resonates hard with you yeah do you have a favorite bear by chance yeah they're all my favorite but let me let me answer or speak to what you just said kim when i was looking through my notes app under care bears because i was like i'm sure i've gotten high before and like written (laughs) a a dissertation on care bears and of course sure enough i did which i'll happily read but in one of the 18 notes i had that said like care bears in it um I had a list for this little girl that I nannied. Like, I, it was a child I had the most contact and time with, you know, mm-hmm. like Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to like 5 or 6 p.m. And she was two going into three. So, like, you know, we're in it deep. Uh, we're doing potty training together. We're going to do gymnastics together. Mm-hmm. I'm teaching her words. Like, that's very sweet, special time of mm-hmm. development I'm, mm-hmm. I'm there for. And I wrote a list of, like, when I won't say her name, but like, let's say her name is like August, like when August has a tantrum, do this, you know? So Mm. like, because everyone's system is different. So she liked to like lay on my lap and I'd stroke her forehead like this, you know, not restraining her, just setting her know like, this is a safe place to like, come and have your tantrum. It's okay. Scream it out, move your fist about, like do what you need to do. Mm. And then in a few minutes, just got her like, so what are you feeling right now? Or like, what's going on for you? Are you mad? Are you sad? Are you hungry? Like, and also just giving her options of like, 
could it be this? Could it be that? You know, and then she would decide for herself what word it was, you know, or sometimes she wouldn't know and she'd be like, oh, and I was like, okay, that's okay. So in this list, it was also like things for, to teach her. And one of them was have her watch Care Bears, which I made her watch a few (laughs) times just to be like, no, no, no. And the second time she was hip to it. And I have a photo of her watching it, just like having a snack staring at the screen. And I remember her parents commented on it. Like, how'd she, how'd that come on the TV? And I was like, oh, I picked it for her. It has a really good message. I think every child should learn and adults should remember. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm sure they're like, all right, you hippie. But (laughs) I say this to say like, we all have our own iOS manual. You know, mm-hmm. that's and a way to so put like, it <laughs> that these shows, I think, talk about that. Yeah. For mm-hmm. all human beings, but it's mm-hmm. directed towards kid inside out. Does that beautifully? Oh, mm-hmm. my God. I love so that good. movie. I love that movie, too. My God. So good. Yeah. I, I, I just love it when we don't treat kids like they're idiots as if mm-hmm. or as if they don't comprehend uh, kids very well pick up on a lot of things. And Mm -hmm. I think adults would be horrified by the amount of information kids can take in from a very young age. They can take in anger. They can take in sadness. They can take in violence. Like they, they can see these things. They, they know these things are happening. Um, And it's very, that's so painful to think that um, kids do have to go through that, or or should I say a lot of kids go through that. Um, But I, man, I love to like tip my hat to these shows or movies that are really trying to get these kids to maybe get through a moment like that. Because it addresses topics also, like one of the other characters that gets help in the show is a boy who only, he just wants to do anything to get friends. Oh. He has zero mm-hmm. friends. He's like the assistant to this magician who kind of, it treats him like shit, you know, because the magician is not yet woke to like, don't take out your anger and frustrations on a child. Mm-hmm. Right, know? right. Oh my God. And the kid is like, I'll do anything for friends, anything. And then this spirit, I, the spirit is ego, by the way. That's what I concluded today by watching this. That spirit <laughs> is ego mm-hmm. controlling him. Yeah. And mesmerizing him and, like, doing the wrong things to try to get love and acceptance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not the wrong things. Just, like, the easy, petty, non-vulnerable things. Right. Yeah. Right. And she's preying on his insecurities of, like, oh, these people are going to laugh at you. And so it's okay to treat them badly because they treated you badly. So you can do all these bad things and it's it's justified and you're allowed to. And if, if you I have all this I, power, you they'll bow down. Violence. Yeah, mm, exactly. Bow down. Yeah, they'll bow down to you. Because they'll bow down to you if you have this power. Which, how relevant is that topic? Totally. For four years, right? It's mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. capitalism, patriarchal power, like mm-hmm. grabbing by the grab by the pussy, mm-hmm. you know, like force God. your way into fucking these people over is that ego spirit. All built on someone's insecurities. Yes. Anyways, how relevant. Because we all need to feel accepted to feel mm-hmm. uh, worthy. Oh. And, and, that's, and that's survival. Survival is we have to stick together. We're pack animals. If we don't, yes. oh. if you're outcast, you're dumb, buddy. So yeah. all you're trying to do as an child and adult is like stay being accepted stay being included staying in community but many times that can be toxic right so then what do you do this movie answers that baby we are rolling deep with the care bears here oh my Mm -hmm. god i love this pick ruby thank you so much is there 
any in, uh, uh, last thoughts around Care Bears for someone who's like, I don't know, maybe this is, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if this is for me, Ruby. Uh, what would okay. you say to that person? I would say, let me just read a few lyrics from the song. Oh my God, yes, do it. Okay. Do it right now. Do okay. it. So people are going to listen to this and be like, Ruby's really gone off the deep end, but I don't <laughs> care. Care a lot. This is just the intro to Care a Lot. There's three songs, Care a Lot, Force of Feelings, and Heart of the Matter. I looked it up. Hold on. Heart, heart of the Matter. Heart. Home what? is in your heart. The, there's like a jazzy tune in That's, there that I, that I love that song. <laughs> That's Home is in your heart. I'll sing that. Uh, right. Wait. We're all waiting with bated breath. I know. Oh, you Can know what? Wait. This is the wrong ones. I'll just... Oh, where is it? I wrote it down actually because I was like, this lyric is a deep cut. Hold on. Yeah, yeah. A place inside your heart, home is in your heart. Like right here, you just go inside to your emotions. Mm. This is where it all, you can come home to yourself. I'm mm. trying desperately to pull this up. Forest of Feelings, Care a Lot. Those are two different worlds. And this ca- kingdom of caring is where they all Kingdom reside. of caring. that is so cute who the fuck doesn't want to go there if you don't want to go there great you stay here i want to go to kingdom of care (laughs) that's all i'm trying to get to um but uh they're two different worlds and it's all about diversity and accepting others that don't look like you Mm -hmm. and uniting for a common cause and that's to care about other people like it just drives home all the things okay so i'm going to do one of the lyrics okay this one is care a lot okay Care a lot is a place we can all go whenever we choose it. Care a lot is a feeling we all know. We never do lose it. Mm. We can find a secret place to rest and make a new start. If you don't know where it is, look inside your heart. Oh. Sometimes you feel glad. Sometimes you feel so blue. Share your feelings. It's not bad. Feelings are just you. When you're lonely, don't you fret. You're not alone. You just tend to forget. Care mm. a lot is easily found. You've been there and you have friends who care. Don't let your sadness get you down. Oh. You know, they're talking about depression and anxiety and like feeling like shit. What do you do? And it's a beautiful animation of like hearts and rainbows. Like I don't have a favorite bear. I just love looking at all of it, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. especially oh. that convertible car that's made out of clouds Shut oh, right up. <laughs> i mean and then I you go down a rainbow down. slide highway i i want to cruise down that highway <laughs> in that car do you know what i mean they need to make a whole theme park that's care bears why isn't it. there I yeah mean, how has this not happened yet i'm gonna make but that's what i'm gonna do in my later in my life yeah i love it ruby i'm in i'm an investor take my money <laughs> count me in count me in yeah, yeah count me in. my money Okay, I've monopolized it. I could talk more about Care Bears, but what's your guys' pick? <laughs> All right, Michelle, do you want to do you want to jump in here? Sure, I'll jump in. Um, okay, so my pick is from 1977, okay. a Disney movie called The Rescuers. Oh, I what? loved this movie as a kid. Again, I saw it when I was really little, so it was like replayed on this like Disney evening Sunday night thing. Um, there's two little mice that are part of the Rescue Aid Society. <laughs> and if you have Disney Plus, watch it. There's so much diversity in the first <gasps> like 10 minutes of this movie. Say because the name again. 
The Rescuers is the movie. The Rescuers. And it's an old school movie. It's it's kind of like watching the characters because you're not watching it like um, any like HD or whatever. It's like old school animation. And classic um, it's animation. Classic, classic animation. animation. I will say this. The song at the beginning is a very heartfelt, like heavy song talking oh. about who will come and save me. Like who is there oh. for me? When I'll, Kim has heard me say this, like you can measure people by their character and your true friends who are there for you when things are like the worst mm. anyways mm-hmm. oh i won't God. get all choked up talking about that but i think it's such a sweet that's the same my dad used to say all the time and i think this is such a cute movie about these two the these all these little mice are part of the the rescue aid society so they find people who need help and they come together all from their little different mouse countries oh. and they're all just dressed in like little outfits or whatever they oh, come together my god and there's a little girl named Penny, and she's- They're named, always named Penny, aren't they? They're always named they're Penny. They're always named Penny, yeah. She's, this, she's what we would think is a cute little girl, but she's been kidnapped. And so she puts a message in a bottle, and that the mice in the Rescue Aid Society found this note in a bottle that says, you know, Penny, I'm- I'm in trouble. Please send help. And she's God, in this. No, like geotag or like. No, this <laughs> is old school. No dropping a pin. No, we can't <laughs> drop a pin. She, they can't read the message because it's been in a bottle and it got uh, it got wet. So they're like, what do we do? And there's a little mouse who is so cute. Her name's Miss Bianca. And this is based on a set of novels from a British author. She wrote these books called The Rescuers and Miss Bianca about these little mice. And um, Miss Bianca is so British. Miss Bianca, she's so cute. Um, She is, uh, she says, well, we have to help this little girl. And everyone's like, well, I don't know. Like, we need to figure this out. They're kind of like naysayers, but they're like, oh, but she's like, we're the rescue society. Whoever this person is that needs help, that's our job. And so she's like, I'm going to go. And there's this little other little mouse named Bernard. And <laughs> she's like, I, he's like, I don't think you should go. You're just this, she's this cute little mouse. And he's like, I don't think you should do it. It sounds unsafe trying so to he bernard represents fear yes but then he but then so she goes well i'll take somebody with me i'll take bernard and so oh. she's kind of like this like lady with gumption and he's this cute little mouse and he goes oh okay like he he's kind of feeding in this insecurity of like i don't know if i should help and the main mouse from the rescue society said why would you take him he's just a janitor <gasps> Ew. oh but what and a message to what a, mess- what a right? message to give what to the kids though a message and so she takes that just janitor and they go down to what is supposed to be like louisiana to this place called the devil's bayou to rescue penny although she is kidnapped by a woman but also a man and two crocodiles but anyways oh. we won't get into that oh two crocodiles i know <laughs> 
Oh, wow, it's getting that's it's frightening. Cray up in here. It, it looks <laughs> it looks frightening, but the you characters me with crocodiles <laughs> are so sweet, and it talks to like not feeding into those insecurities because they do a little. If you like true crime, they're trying to solve this crime of where Penny <sighs> is, it and so they, a true crime. It becomes show. a true crime show where they have to go to the orphanage. Talk about orphans again. Orphans are always in kids. Yes, I am curious. The it must be enough, and also it's a deep trauma. I have yeah. friends who lost parents very early on, and and as fraught and toxic and um, many dollars and hours in therapy as I've had to go through with my parents. We've come out on the other side, and I cannot imagine not having – like, I really cannot. It's mm-hmm. the worst mm-hmm. thought, I can think. Yeah. It's the most terrifying. Yeah. And during this COVID year, it's been, like, a deep terror, like, yeah. a very alive terror, not just, like, they might, like, have a heart attack. It's, like, they might catch a deadly disease. And, and I would call home, and, like, if they wouldn't answer, I'd be, like, where the fuck are you? Mm-hmm. You better be in the car. Having a couple's drive, you get your ass home. You don't talk to anybody. Mm. I got so protected. You became like the parent. That's right. Yeah. And they'd be like, we just went out. I was like, I don't want to hear where you just went. <laughs> you could have been dead and I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> I've had that same conversation with my mom because I was worried. You know, she's gotten older. And one time she went to the movies and she didn't tell me. She went with her friend. And so I showed up at her house and I was like, where have you been? I have been calling your ass. I can't believe yes. you would pick up the goddamn. Well, I bought you this phone for a reason. She's like, I'm sorry. I forgot to tell you went to the movies. She was in the car. <laughs> with her friend they were coming back from like whatever like their matinee movie and their lunch or dinner or whatever it was and I was like I call you better pick up that phone <laughs> yes same with my parents you put that cell phone on your body yeah don't you like, don't I leave it at it. home you put pick it, on it up body. in the middle of the movie I don't care <laughs> if it's a pivotal scene pick up that phone yeah. tell mm-hmm. me you're okay mm-hmm. You text me to tell me you're going to a movie so I know yes. why you're not answering, like, the phone. Her friend was like, you're in trouble. I was like, yeah, she is. She's in trouble. Never again. Was this during the pandemic, too? No, this was, like, right before, though. <laughs> but now but now it's, like, it, it's even worse. Double. She's like, oh, I just left it at home, left my phone at home. I was like, girl, you killed me. I FaceTime with my parents and see what they eat. I'm like, what are you doing drinking Coca-Cola at your age? You got to stop. <laughs> that shit right now you know too old for coca-cola and their argument is i'm old i'm having coca-cola i do what i want i earned it i've got one foot in the grave baby i'm gonna drink this (laughs) coca-cola and you know what parents you freaking do that you freaking drink that coca-cola don't earn it ruby yeah good for them but i'm like you know have you had water today (laughs) are you hydrated (laughs) yes are you hydrated drink responsibly drink that coca-cola responsibly Add some water. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Michelle, I'm not going to lie. I was Googling the rescuers while you were telling me about it because I was mm-hmm. like, I feel like I remember this. And mm-hmm. I think I watched this. Now, I don't remember the movie at all, but I remember this poster. I remember these characters. They're cute as all hell. The characters are so cute. And the what's interesting we kind of talked a little bit about the orphanage thing. What's interesting in the movie, and I don't don't remember this. I remember the scenes and stuff, but there's this really sweet moment where they're trying to figure out 
they think that Penny has run away. They don't really know that she's been kidnapped. Oh. And they have this flashback of her saying, I didn't get adopted today because I'm just not cute enough. I'm oh. not as cute as the other. They pick this other girl because she's cuter and she's younger. And she's that's why she's got adopted. So I'm never going to get a mom and dad. Oh, no. And I just was like, oh, talk about trauma and talk about how of like addressing insecurities you know there's a mouse who's supposed to be shamed because he's just a janitor and he's not going to amount to anything Mm. and then here's this little girl in an orphanage who's old enough to feel the sadness of her parents leaving but then or her circumstance of not having parents and then feeling like well i'm never going to be good enough as these other kids who are getting adopted so you know what what does that mean for the point this is why we need to live in a village Okay, in Care Bear Land, they're in a Care Bear Village. Like, <laughs> it's because if you lose a parent or two, you still have the village support, so you're not mm-hmm. in the foster care system. Or, I mean, I, I could talk at nauseum about why we need to go back to it. I'm sure every single person can also agree, like, it's great living alone, and it's so much fucking work. It's so much goddamn work. Like, I wish I sometimes lived in a house with friends, you know? Mm-hmm. One of us cooks, one of us cleans, like, you know, mm-hmm. how we used yeah. to be. And yeah. also, shout out to janitors, because I... Right. I was a latchkey kid. I was at school all diggity day, 6 a.m., 6 p.m., and I was friends with the genders, and they would feed me and cheer me up and, like, hang out with me while my parents were, like, you know, stuck at work or in traffic coming to get me. Like, Francis, everyone at Burroughs who was a janitor, y'all, this girl is so grateful for you. And oh, me. Yeah, and I, I think that's so sweet. My dad actually was a janitor for uh, when he was also going to school at the same time. So I like mm-hmm. the whole thought of looking down on somebody because of their profession or particularly because oh, of their I janitor. Know. Like, oh, it spoke to me. And so I love this little character of Bernard, who is actually a by Bernard. a very young name. Bob Newhart. Oh, <gasps> So cute. He's so cute. And he's he's a little nervous. But I think this movie talks about resilience, not just from these two little mice, because people are like, oh, their characters like, what are you going to do? You're just two, two little small rodents. You're not going to amount to anything. And the fact that they do and the character of Miss Bianca doesn't let that bother her. That's right. And then there's the resilience of Penny, who's in a terrible situation because she's been kidnapped and she's also an orphan and she just wants to get back to the orphanage to find her parents. And she is she's still willing to, like, try and get through this and and figure out how to escape. And just there's many sweet side characters, some voices you may recognize from, like, The Jungle Book and... um, I'm trying to think of some Side other old characters. school characters. Like, they were doing crossover back then. Yeah, well, it's like the same voiceover, like voiceover actors. So you'll recognize us, like some of the voices. Like you're like, oh, why does that sound familiar? Because it was like they would use some of the same voiceover actors from like old those movies, old animated Disney movies back in the day. So I was like, oh, they sound they sound familiar. And there's a cute little like dragonfly named Evan Rude. And he like powers the little leaf that they're on to get them through the bayou. <gasps> and I'm just like, I hadn't thought or 
seen his character since I was like a little girl. And I thought, oh, this is such a cute movie with a great message about like resilience and feeling good about yourself and and helping people. They talk a lot about this rescue aid society that they want to that their mission is to help people who can't do it on their own and talk about a village. I think that's just like such a sweet idea. And there's some kind of community. That's what's true. Right. And, and what you're saying, like that little thing that helped light up the whatever for the across the bayou, it's mm-hmm. like we we sometimes feel like, oh, I can't help a lot. So my little help won't do anything. That's bullshit. And, and, and like being a, what you said about the small mice, like who are we? We're just like small mice. Like all of us are small entities and collectively we can make big change. But like it just takes one honey. It just takes one Malala. Okay. It just takes one mm-hmm. Jesus. It just takes one George Floyd, like let us unite for a common cause and like do something good for once, not for once, but like we can all be symbols of hope and, and Mm -hmm. triumph over really challenging obstacles. And I think that's why I like this movie because it had like the sense of hope. Like it Mm. is, it it is kind of dark. It tackles, you know, heavy subjects. And we're talking about somebody who's been kidnapped and orphans and people who are in need. And, um, you know, there's, it's, it's just the right amount of everything. It moves at a fairly quick clip. It's only like an hour and 18 minutes. So if you want to like a feel good movie, I think Girl, this is I'm it. it tonight. Cancel I think my plans. I think it's real. I think it's really sweet, and the voices in it are so cute. And in the very beginning of the movie, it looks like there were paintings, and I was like, "How do they do this animation?" And they actually are. Um, wow. One of the film's contributors, Mel Shaw, did the opening sequence by doing actual paintings, and then they filmed these paintings by moving them around, and so they look like wow. they're paintings on canvas. So oh. it's a very cool movie to actually like visually see and i think it's the the characters are are so sweet that going back and watching this movie i felt like that little kid who was watching this movie on a sunday with my family feeling like what a feel-good movie that tackles some subjects that are okay to have in your adult mind and take with you into adulthood and then feel good about yourself oh I love this. I'm gonna, I can't, I feel like I watched this movie when I was like two years old. And of course I don't remember. Um, Like, but I remember like looking at the poster, I feel like I've seen this. I've, uh, but I can't tell you at all what the movie's about, but I'm, I'm going to go back and watch this because this looks so freaking cute. It has a lot of callbacks to like the, the um, villain, the female villain, unfortunately is Medusa. And so she has that. I mean, I mean, we know why. We know but why. Like, that is the problematic part that I will say in a lot of these children's narratives is mm-hmm. a negative female role model or mm-hmm. like evil stepmother. Like you said, like the woman is painted as the evil one. I'm like, well, that's fucked up because it's usually the men that are doing all the screwing up of the world. But, mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. 
Mm. Well, a little gaslighty to have it always be a female. Exactly. And she does have these male counterparts who are doing like the dirty Her work. Bidding. So there, there is that. Which but, also drives home that stereotype. Yeah. Of like yeah. women will manipulate you to do bad things. Like, boo, you are of your own free will. Okay. Yeah. She's like, but as the villain, she's preying on like the insecurities of this little girl that, oh, you're never going to get adopted and you're not cute enough. Oh. Nobody's ever going to want you. And I feel like, but the the girl's still like, you know, carries on and she still wants to to escape and with the help of these unlikely little two little heroes and it's again I hadn't watched this since I was a kid and it just kind of popped up as I was thinking of what did I watch as a kid that I really liked and I thought god why did I like this movie so much because it is kind of dark and evil and has that element to it and it was just so cute that I was like oh I just no wonder I liked watching these little rescue mice come to you know and the the, the little Miss Bianca is so stylish and <laughs> and she's like empowered and she doesn't care she's like flirting with Bernard, Bernard and like cute little Bernard is you know just learning to you know get confident and be like oh. strong in his his own self so anyways such a cute movie and definitely worth like an hour and 10 minutes of your time and, oh. and what is preying on an insecurity but basically like a wound that needs to be tended to mm-hmm. you know an emotion like a negative mindset that you have emotionally turned into poison for yourself because you don't think you're worthy you know ultimately deep down every insecurity is about some version of self-worth or lacking self-love because maybe you didn't get it growing up and if you don't get that shit growing up it is a long tough arduous committed road back to Mm -hmm. home yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. for some people it's easy like miss bianca she's like fuck the haters but she's probably on her like 30th life you know like (laughs) she's in mouse form as miss bianca like her soul has some more attempts we're going real deep here with (laughs) yeah she's like okay miss bianca's on her 30th life (laughs) she's now mouse but she's soups enlightened she Um, is (laughs) the writers like right back and like you're looking way too deep (laughs) yeah they're like um she's just a cool mouse that we she's just a cool mouse with a fur hat that's all you need to know um (laughs) fur hat animal Mm -hmm. and animal wear weird oh my god <laughs> maybe I'm it was loving these pics it was the 70s <laughs> it was the 70s they didn't yeah. care about that then she's like um i'm a mouse and i wear a fur hat um <laughs> she just seen what i did to that fox yeah, yeah, exactly. me. took on a fox <laughs> oh and oh, miss bianca it. bernard what such cute names for characters um shall i get into mine yes mm-hmm. okay guys there was a cartoon that I watched every Saturday. Uh, this cartoon had its heyday starting in 1997, going to 1999. And it is a little known cartoon that you may have seen on ABC if you watched uh, network television growing up called Recess. <gasps> now, Recess. Oh. Recess. I gotta Google this. I know it. It yes. is. The from end to end, the world is absolutely fantastic. It follows this like hodgepodge motley crew of friends. Who, yes. like, you know what I mean? Like one's like the athlete, one's like the smart nerd, nerdy one, one's like the insecure but like still very brave one. One's like the leader of the pack. The other one is this um 
a little like a tough girl who will kick your butt, but is like a softy inside. Um, and then the last character is all the tropes in there. I love it. Yeah. Mm. He's like big and burly and he looks like he should be a bully, but he's like a gummy bear. He's like the biggest teddy bear. Um, and he's also sings opera. It is so funny. It is so well written. It is one single girl. (laughs) Get in line. <laughs> okay. Get in line. This, is this show man? is brilliant. And the care I love this entire group. In fact, I love the world. Um, just to give you a little bit of the sense of the world, they are at an elementary school. Right. And as you move up the the grades, there is a hierarchy. So there is a king who's in the fifth grade and he oversees the playground at play and he has like bodyguards and stuff like that. Oh, and then the kindergartners, uh, although this is probably p- problematic, but I think there's a way I- I'm interpreting it as in a fun way. But the kindergartners are seen as like wild, um, like tribal type uh clans and they're very funny and they're very smart and they're very like pack animal like um and i would describe a child as a terrorizing pack animals i mean yeah the mess they create good grief guys it is so funny there is a group of like prissy girls who are like popular and like super like superficial called the ashley's and they're all named ashley the ashley's before they become karen's the ashley's (laughs) (laughs) this show has everything it teaches about morals it teaches about doing the right thing it teaches about marching to the beat of your own drum and being okay with that it is oh god it does like it there are episodes that have literally broke my heart they were so beautifully written um but my favorite character from the show is uh one that i just described spinelli and funny enough one episode spoiler alert we find out that her first name is ashley so she so she the Ashleys find out that this tough little brash little girl who likes to beat people up is named Mm -hmm. Ashley. So the whole episode is her going through an identity crisis of being like, do I, should I be like them? I'm not anything like them. Them trying to figure out how to make her fit in with them because she's an Ashley. What's in a name though, right? Right. She's answering for herself. Like I am not them. The diversity on this show, now granted the voiceover actual actor diversity is not great, um, but the diversity represented on screen through the characters I thought was so great. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got representation across the board. um, And they have a Latino kid in there. You know what? Spinelli is mixed race, and I can't remember (laughs) what mixed race she is. I want to say she's part Asian or part Latina, and I don't. I, of course, I can't remember because I haven't rewatched the entire. She's maybe like kind of all of us. Yeah, she's yeah. definitely as she's Michelle a would say, mixy mixy. <laughs> mixy um, mixy. I use hybrid now to honor my hybrid roots. <laughs> I love it. Um, so Spinelli, fun fact, is played by Pamela Adlon, who you might oh, know now yes. currently from Better Things or from her literal 30, 40 years of acting that she's, she's done. She's been an actor this entire time. Mm. She's fantastic. I didn't know that she did like voiceover work stuff. So this is the fun fact. Pamela Adlon had like a really great successful career coming up. Now, if I'm being perfectly honest, I don't know much about her younger self. You know, I think she was like a 
I think she was like popular in the eighties, right. As a teenager, she was like getting like these really big roles. And then her career took a nosedive. And I read a piece where she basically talked openly about how it took it. I mean, we've been talking this whole time about insecurity and how the world can be cruel to us and uh, things are out of our hands. Well, Pamela Adlon, unfortunately, took a nosedive in her career, and she thanks voiceover for saving her career. She's mm-hmm. like, I, if it wasn't for voiceover, I wouldn't have been working. I wouldn't have been paying my bills. If any of you guys, speaking of cartoons, are fans of King of the Hill, she plays Bobby Hill on the show. It what? is, guys. What? Go through her IMDb. Oh my God. Yes. A woman plays Bobby Hill and is Pamela Adlon. It is, guys, it's fantastic. Say that the raspiness, right? Yes. You are going to go through her IMDb, guaranteed, and you're going to see at least 10 things that you've watched that she was. I had no idea that she did Bob's Burgers. I'm a big fan of Bob's Burgers. Oh, yeah. It's a very funny, clever show. And uh, I love that she was on it. If there was a popular cartoon show in the last 30 years, she probably was a voiceover on it in some capacity. Wow. Good for her. Good yeah. for her. Um, in fact, uh, Better Things actually, I think, lightly touches upon her voiceover career. Um, I don't know if there's any huge storylines around because I haven't seen all of Better Things, but I know that we watch her go through these these different voiceover jobs, which is very funny. It's she, she uses better things as a way to talk about her real adult mm-hmm. life um, as a mother and, you know, as a wife and uh, an older woman in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. So I'm a huge fan of her, you know, in, you know, in real life, but also, I mean, Spinelli, the character, I remember watching Spinelli. And again, if you've not seen this show, just Google Spinelli from recess because She's a scrappy girl and she is not afraid to get into a fight. She's not afraid to like speak her truth and like shout at you if you're acting a fool. Mm -hmm. It is, she is such a great character. And I thought such a great role model for little girls who um, were often being told to be like an Ashley, Mm -hmm. you know, be the uh, prissy, popular, you know, uh, superficial type girl. and here was, a, uh, I, I loved actually the female characters on the show because you had Spinelli, who's like tough one. She's want, he, she wants to get into a fight um, or she's not afraid to get into a fight, I should say. Mm-hmm. And then you've got Gretchen, who's like the really brainy, smart girl who can figure out any situation. Um, I just love that we saw characters like this that aren't normally given to women, especially in the 90s mm-hmm. um, and yeah. before. So this show, oh, guys, there are just so many great episodes. The comedy is fantastic. I know earlier I mentioned that um, there's a joke that one of the teachers say and I definitely probably did not catch this at age 10 or 11 or whatever I was watching this show, but watching it now again this morning, the there's a, a moment where people are getting mad at each other. The group is getting mad at each other and uh, the teacher stands at the front of the room and, um, 
uh, and she, she's fantastic. She's like this hippie character and she's very like kumbaya and it, it, it's a really well-developed character. Even the teachers, the faculty, the staff, they're all well-developed. The principal, um, there's a- It's this dream school that I didn't get to go to. But yeah. I did. Guys, there's like politics on the playground. It is so smart. It is so smart. And the teacher is like, guys, Please don't turn on each other. Um, there's no reason to um, uh, to ostracize and uh, make someone feel uncomfortable unless they're from a totalitarian government. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so funny. And she goes on for a while to talk about like, uh, you know what I mean? Like uh, you have authoritarian total- leaders and stuff like that. It is hilarious and you would never i mean at least at me at 11 years old had no idea what the hell that was but me now i'm watching that being like this is so good this is so good i'm upset that there are people who did not see this show growing up because i remember i have such positive memories of this show but i mean i'm telling you right now i'm gonna straight up watch all of the all the seasons again as an adult because it's just so good it is so well written and the characters are chef's kiss and i cannot recommend it enough i I, I feel like one of the dialogues from that might be like you'll know you have a totalitarian government forming when a leader's been elected who's primarily used fear and othering (laughs) as the main forces to get you to the poll and vote for him and little do we know that she was seeing into the future totally Mm -hmm. our future happens to every nation Mm-hmm. Cyclical. Well, that's part of. Well, you don't have to go into it, but that's part of uh, capitalism and patriarchy is like war, fighting, overtaking, not sharing mm-hmm. resources, mm-hmm. which is the opposite mm-hmm. of what all these shows are talking about. So, in some small way, like these shows are not only like the right programming, <laughs> you know, but uh-huh. also like fighting against that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I um, again, I, I love it when, and this has to be. This has to be purposeful. I could, I, I can't imagine it not being purposeful, but just writers knowing like, this is a line for the adults. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. where they're like, I, I'm sticking this in. It's not for the nine and 10 year olds. It's definitely for the parent who just so happens to be walking through the room or sitting down with their child watching this show, or I don't know, a very early um, Easter egg for children who yeah. eventually grow up and rewatch the show and then hear that line and go, Oh my God. Um, so or even I like, what do I want to pass on to the other <laughs> generation? Yeah. And like, I didn't watch Mr. My mom would kind of force me to watch Mr. Rogers. And I was like, I don't like, like, I don't want to watch this. I want to watch. I watched a lot of soap operas as a kid. My mom this loved Mr. Hilarious. Rogers. Mm-hmm. And now as an adult, I watch him and I find right. him so soothing. I'm like, Yes, let's talk about feelings or like I do want to bite when I I watched a lot of Mr. Rogers when I was really little and I found him like so, so soothing and like seeing like clips now of like his voice or like any segment. Mm. I'm like, oh, I get it. I was totally Mm. into whatever he was talking about. Mm. He's like using TV as a pulpit to pass on principles of loving and caring. And having I love everything that man stood for. Like looking, yes. like I mean, I. He talked about watched, like divorce and hard oh, topics and race and girl. civil issues and how to like b- embrace people who didn't look like you or oh. did. I mean, anyways, I could go on and on. But it, yes, he was 
so progressive Mm -hmm. for, uh, you know, a very Christian, um, very Mm -hmm. like morally centric man. He was so progressive. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I watched a documentary about him and the, and I didn't know this episode because I, I just didn't watch it or maybe I don't remember, but I, I, I watched Mr. Rogers neighborhood on and off as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause that, by that time we were getting reruns, mm-hmm. but um, that episode where he invites a black man uh, to come and sit with him and dip their feet in the, the kiddie pool mm-hmm. and to show like, Oh yeah. Like that caused a ruckus in the yeah. world when people found out that he did that. And I was like, Good on you, Mr. Rogers. Wow. Who would have thought that this man was going to come out and like change the world in so many ways. And talking about segregation and civil rights, Mm -mm. you know, the documentary Mm -mm. did point out like he might have, you know, he wasn't homophobic, but he wasn't like promoting perhaps like gay lifestyles. But a part of me is like, you know, anytime we try and make a person perfect, or guru like that's our own culture's narcissism like you have to be perfect coming out of the gate and also like maybe it wasn't the um i think he believed a lot of things that he might not have put on the show because it's like is that too much for kids to talk about right now Mm. you know what i mean like i think if he had been around longer he probably would have promoted that because he certainly put like loving your neighbor loving your neighbor kids well here's the thing like first of all we can't we expect too much out of one person. Yes. It's enough for me, for Mr. Rogers to come out and be like, and to talk about integration, to talk about equality of uh, respecting other people. Right. Like that is enough for me. Like, I I think the same conversation can be had about Dave Chappelle or any of these comedians where, and I don't want to go too deep into Dave Chappelle. This is not a show about that, that kind of stuff, but like I'm using him as an example because it's the first one that comes to mind. But to me, he is talking about things from a black man's experience Mm -hmm. and that's enough for me. Mm -hmm. I don't expect him to know about um, homosexuality. I don't expect to know him about trans lives. I don't expect him to know about all these things. To me, he's, he's talking from his own personal experience as a black man in America. And that's enough for me. I, I, and could he, yes. Do I wish everybody was more progressive and how they think about everything? Of course. But like you said, we don't come out the womb, um, knowing all this stuff and we can't expect everyone to know the stuff right away or understand right. that experience that that's not Dave. Ch- Do we need Dave Chappelle to be the person to talk about, I don't know, uh, feminist rights. Like, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like, do I need him to be that person? I don't know. I think there's more equipped people out there who can actually talk from that experience. So I'm also holding them to today's standards, which like evolution wise, like we keep, I think we're evolving hopefully towards the better, but I certainly, you know, we're only as far as we are as a culture. Uh, we are and, as and far as we those are. Those men are very counterculture and saying things that are taboo and um, pushing pushing the envelope oh. in their own energetic way. Right. You know, Mr. Rogers is completely pushing the envelope. One hundred percent. See it that way, but that's how people mm-hmm. Here's the watch thing. it, and we're like, whoa. Here's the thing. Your hero, whoever that is, they're going to have something that they believe in that you don't agree with. That's, that's, right. that's the blunt reality of it. That's right. So don't 
don't put anybody on a pedestal. It, you know what I mean? Don't just don't do it. Um, there appreciate. Are no gurus. We're all just no. No one's perfect. Of information. Some of us have certain memos that others don't. Right. That's why you need all the care bears. This is, what, <laughs> this is the perfect way to end part one. Um, we need to take a quick break, but let's uh, take a quick pause. And then when we come back in part two, we're going to quickly talk about some upcoming movies and shows or shows that actually already are out that definitely have a feeling of nostalgia kids cartoons. So when we return. Hi, I'm Michelle Veray. And I'm Kimberly Trung, and we are the host of Crush Fictionally, a podcast all about your favorite fictional characters from movies, TV shows, and more. Each episode, we pick a theme, curate a list of characters that we love, why we love them, and some fun facts about the people who created them. So if you've ever felt a true connection with a fictional character, tune in to Crush Fictionally on Campfire Media or wherever you find your podcast. Welcome back to Crush Fictionally. You guys, we're talking kids cartoons today, but we thought since we're talking about nostalgia and things that make us feel good and about ourselves, it's like going home again. I am not scared to admit um, to both of you and anybody who's listening that Netflix started doing an autoplay for a show the other day and I was so enthralled by it and then realized it was like a meant for children um so i'll recommend it to you i have yet to watch it but i've read some really good things it's called waffles and mochi it's on netflix it came out in march of uh 2021 and it's a culinary show for kids it follows the adventures of two muppet characters waffles and mochi and they work in a supermarket and spend their free time traveling the world to learn about everyday ingredients um there are some um, up for that life. I know there are some amazing guests on this. I feel like it's um, Sesame Street meets Anthony Bourdain. I <gasps> think that Michelle Obama is an executive producer, but she's also a guest. So oh sign God. me up Stop for all of that. <laughs> everything we're doing. It was looked so cute. And I thought this could, you know, I'm not a child, but I'm into this show. So um, if you have Netflix and you want to watch something, just anything I mentioned, the guests look amazing, not just Michelle Obama, but they have like real bona fide, like A-list celebrities on this show, um, Waffles and Mochi on Netflix. And then, I mean, do we not talk about Star Wars enough? I might as well just say it. Um <laughs> The Bad Batch. My brothers will be very happy. If they're oh, then, then this goes out to all of Ruby's um, brothers for a Star Wars <laughs> reference. On May 4th, um, what a great reference. On May 4th, they will be releasing mm -hmm. The Bad Batch, which is an animated show. It's members of a unique squad of clones find their way in a challenging, a changing galaxy in the aftermath of the clone wars. So uh -huh. uh, we were talking off tape a little bit about Ming-Na Wen. She will come and voice Fennec Shand in uh, the bad batch. So oh, hell yeah. I'm in. That's I'm my in. brother's birthday. Is that I'm gonna get what is what's it streaming on? I'm gonna get him the stream thing. Disney Plus. Get All right, I'm gonna get him Plus. that for a month and can watch that. <laughs> I was go. wondering what to get, get him. The stream thing. Perfect. <laughs> She's like, I'm gonna get him the stream thing. Yeah, I'm gonna get him a month of Disney Plus. <laughs> he will love that. And May fourth, what a great birthday. I yeah. know. Pre-COVID would have parties where he would do May the Fourth Be With You 
parties. Oh my God. We'd have like an ice sculpture in the shape of the falcon. Oh right? my mm-hmm. God, the Millennium Falcon. The Millennium Falcon, like two ways where you would do shots. <gasps> and yes, he's so into it. And then it'd also be mixed with, um, what's that horse racing event of the year? Oh, the Kentucky Derby? Kentucky Derby. Oh my so God. Have like a multi-themed party for his birthday. This that's Great. a party I want to go to. Yeah. I know. How do I get an invite? <laughs> I was like, I was hoping we would be out of COVID this year for it. I, I don't. So I yeah. think we'll have to push it till August. You oh, know? Still cool. right. Still a cool birthday. I want to come. You're um, <laughs> and then the last uh, thing that we want to mention on this call in regards to cartoons. Friends, if you have not watched the Animaniacs reboot. Yes. Sorry. Can you hear that banging in the back? No. Oh, let me do that again. Um, I'll leave a note. Uh, I didn't hear it, but okay, just in case. Um, because I <laughs> damn just, it, James. I know. Um, friends, another things we. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> friends, another thing that we want to shout out: if you have not yet watched. The Animaniacs reboot, and you grew up watching the Animaniacs. Stop what you're doing, hit pause on this podcast, go to Hulu, and open up the Animaniacs reboot. You will not be disappointed. It is excuse me, I have so... to interrupt this podcast to do this. <laughs> Ruby has to leave and yes. stop recording. She's with like, us. bye, and then we just abruptly end this <laughs> podcast the end i Kim will said to stop what i was doing <laughs> which is recording this podcast um, ideally the listeners not our guest okay i'll wait <laughs> give us is elmira in it was that am i right Elmira, oh, all Elmira? the classic characters are brought <gasps> back you've got pinky in the brain you've got I mean, oh, I you've got it. everybody. It is fan-freaking-tastic. I'm pretty sure they have all the original voiceover actors from the original. Um, it, 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 The pilot is so fantastic. It totally makes fun of itself. It totally... Um, this is not a spoiler, but uh, what their take is with this reboot is that the uh, Warner Brothers and sister have been locked in the Warner Brothers Tower all of this time. So ever since the show ended, uh, they have been locked in the tower and they have no idea what's happened in the world. And, you know, 20 some oh, years later, heck. they have been released. <gasps> and now they are catching up with everything. It is so, so, I so funny. I have to go. I have to watch this. <laughs> Guys, I haven't watched it, but I loved the Animaniacs when I was younger, whenever it came out. And maybe I was too. maybe too old to be watching cartoons at that point, but I thought it was so funny. And um, I love Elmira so much. How can I you relate not? to her hugging, kissing and squeezing maybe to death? I love you. Animal. Okay, bye-bye. I still <laughs> quote that. To this day. Okay, I love you. Bye-bye. I still quote, uh, hello, nurse, right? <laughs> like, whenever they're, like, hot for somebody, they're like, hello, nurse. Like, I know it's super inappropriate, but I love it. Mine is, so is her saying that I'm going to hug you and squeeze you. And I don't remember the third part, but, like, she just squeezes the shit out of something. It's like, yeah, it is. I want to get out of your arms right now. Yeah. It, oh, God. It, Animaniacs, I think, is, again, another show that is so great for kids and so great for adults and when i found out super late in the game that they were coming out with a reboot i was like hell 
to the yes and i ran to hulu but yeah this show has been out since november and guys go watch it make sure that we get another season of this show because let me tell you my adult self is dying to keep this show going i i was that kid that watched a show every afternoon every afternoon when i got home from school if animaniacs was on i was watching it i Mm -hmm. absolutely this Mm -hmm. totally brings me back to my childhood and i'm delightfully surprised by how well the reboot is because you know a reboot of anything can always be questionable I will say they every year it's at Sketchfest in San Francisco they do a live reading of right. an episode of Animaniacs <gasps> and it always sells out and they do it at a time so like it can be adults and kids can come too um, but they have all the actors who do the voices and they come out oh and God. they show the if I, I remember correctly I think they yes. show the cartoon but um, shout out to my friend Rafi who made me go because he loves. Um, anything animated and so he's like you should i think you really enjoy this and i was like will i i it was so much fun i highly recommend it um i'm so glad he convinced me to go and we went with like a group of people if i remember correctly and just had the best time and i think the people that it wasn't his first time going so i think the people that do go you know are repeat offenders they go back and and watch it again and it's still just as fun and lively and all the actors of course are just are just great Oh, what a it's... testimony, a repeater, repeat yeah, offender. Yeah, repeat offender. <laughs> is there, um, I mean, obviously we know what my answer would be. If there was a reboot of Care Bears, I would need to be writing. I would need, I would need to be hands-on in the reboot of it. I would love for that to be one of my things that happens in my career. But is there a show that either of you would want to write on? Like if they rebooted it, cartoon-wise? Um, well, I'll give up one of my honorable mentions, which almost made it to my number one spot. Oh, yeah. I loved watching the Jetsons as a kid. Oh, yes. Um, they Where didn't. Rosie, the, Rose, Rosie, Rosie the robot, the robot was her. so cool. Um, she was, she was like this very like feminist robot. And they were like, you don't want this robot because she is old and who nobody wants her. And she's like, Ugh, n- not a new model. And she was such a badass. She, in the very first episode, you meet Ru- R- Rosie, almost Ruby, but Rosie <laughs> and you meet her and she's, she's not putting up with anybody's shit she like meets mr spacely who is the (laughs) who is george's boss and he's just being a dick and she's not having it and she dumps this pineapple upside down cake on his head and he fires george and then he changes his mind because it's the best cake he's ever had so i love rosie the robot and i feel like the jetsons was such a cool like progressive show because the female characters were really strong so i would love to write and more of that, like write those characters and reboot the show. And I'd actually reboot George to be more of an interesting character. I mm. don't think that he's like, he's the main figure, but I don't think he's doing it justice. It was supposed to be based on partially the Dick Van Dyke show. And oh. Dick Van Dyke was such a like, his character, Pete, right, was so uh, charming and funny and lively and interesting to watch. And I don't get that from George Jetson, but in a reboot, George you could. George a little more anger in him. Yeah, he's really angry. That's a good point. He's really angry and grumpy and it takes him a long time to come around. So maybe in a reboot, he could be a little bit more charming and more like Dick Van Dyke. And chiller. A little mm-hmm. more chiller. Because mm-hmm. Rosie also like, she didn't take things personally. She also was like, 
do no harm, take no shit, Kim. Do no harm, take no shit. She really was. She really was Rosie the Robot. Mm. Okay, what about you, Kim? What would you write for? What to reboot? Yeah, I mean, I love a lot of... uh, It's funny because there's some things where they're they're so precious. I don't think I would want to be involved. Um, But I think Animaniacs, if I'm going to cheat a bit, is a... Yeah. is one that I would love to write for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Recess. I mean, I, I know I'm cheating. I'm I'm talking about two things that are we're, things we're already talking about. In fact, Animaniacs so is from my honorable The fans mention. need to make the reboot. Yeah. You know? The people uh, that have a deep love to the OG content and the message. Because yeah. there's other character movies that people talk about. I'm like, no. Mm-mm. Because it was like there were there were multiple Care Bear movies and TV shows and all kinds of things, but I couldn't. I none of them, at least I could remember, compared to watching this movie that I watched when I was a kid. Yeah, the iconic, Mm -hmm. the one that started it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the way that they're drawn now, I'm like, no, this is too animated i don't know the right word but it's too yeah i think it's too lines. like yeah it's like maybe it's like too sophisticated or something maybe i like want something that is just more like simple and straightforward and yeah. it doesn't need to be like over engineered you know i don't need the tesla version yeah because sometimes <laughs> right. they also over sexualize it like they did that to rainbow bright in a weird way oh yeah i was like no thanks why does it look like a 13 year old in a five-year-old's body like yeah. a little, this is a, like a little Jean Benet, you know, like mm. adulting up the child. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we don't it's need problematic. that. You know, yeah. not to bring it down, but <laughs> that's what happens when maybe sometimes you don't have the, o- like you just need the people that are so committed to the original, I think, to help reboot it. Yeah. It stays true to its roots, unless you're doing a inspired by version, which is also yeah. fine. But I will well, stay true. <laughs> I mean, I, w- we've already been diving into this a little bit in terms of honorable mentions. Michelle, you gave one. I already gave one technically with my an- with Animaniacs. I mean, mm-hmm. Pinky and the Brain. I think Pinky and the Brain is something I still Ugh. quote to this day where mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, what are we doing tonight? <laughs> Trying to take over the world. <laughs> yes. Like, it, it, it's just so freaking good. Um, uh, Pinky! Uh, it's so, 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 so delightful. Um Ruby, do you have an honorable mention that you would like to talk about? Well, I will say I did rewatch it a little bit this week. And with all these shows, I'll say, like, the casting's a little problematic and very white. You know, but, like, twas the 80s. Let it, let it, let that be the context for it. Uh, That said, I do love Rainbow Bright. Like, Mm. visually, it just made me feel, like, ooey-gooey, young on the inside. Like, again... A rainbow pathway that a horse rides down <laughs> with her star friend. And, like, her whole thing and all her, like, friends are, like, we're just shooting joy and positivity and light into the world, you know? Oh, I love And the that. henchmen are, like, lurky and murky, which Uh-oh. is just so funny for, like, kids' henchmen, like... <laughs> antagonist names lurky and murky you know lurky and murky. I, didn't, I didn't even realize those were their names until you said it just now because i've never seen rainbow bright if i'm being perfectly honest but yeah oh my god lurky and murky oh that's so good i love that and whatever I love that. just did in my brain it was like uh, similar with care Bears, like a magical bright light 
bright star lit up place, which was kind of the opposite of what I saw growing up, you know, but I was like somewhere out there. Mm. People are living that rainbow life. I'm going to get on that. that. I'm going to find that if that's the last thing I do. Oh, Oh, I think you definitely give off that energy. So I think that says something. Oh, yeah, I'm in it. (laughs) You do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Michelle, do you have any other honorable mentions you want to throw out? Uh, I threw out the Jetsons, Rosie the Rose Robot, which I think is interesting because apparently, according to this article I was reading, that the intro to the Jetsons is one of the most popular cartoon theme songs. Like it was so popular that other other creators wanted to get on that train. They're like, mm-hmm. how do we get a theme song that is bang as banging as <laughs> George Jetson? You know, like everyone wanted that bit. So I, so I definitely loved it. It's a fun watch. I think it's on HBO Max oh. right now. So you can watch all three seasons, which is like 24 episodes. Um, And then I'll give a shout out. I mentioned her before. Miss Bianca was actually voiced by Ava Gabor, um, who you guys know. And in the Rescue Aid Society, she was played the mouse from Hungary. And that's where Ava Gabor is from. And I thought she was just so stylish and so cute. How could I not mention her? And then speaking of great theme songs, I love the show growing up called The Adventures of the Gummy Bears. And they were bears who drank like gummy berry juice and they jumped around and they (laughs) had like this killer theme song that I love that I will spare you your ears from me singing. But um, they did some drugs and they danced. They did some drugs and they (laughs) they were a village that they supported each other so um shout out There's to the theme there really is to this episode cute um my last honorable mentions i have to give a shout out to chucky from rugrats i oh, love yes. rugrats growing up you can't tell me nothing about chucky i love him i love how he was a little bit of a scaredy cat and a nervous nelly but he was so sweet and he was so cute and the characters again are phenomenal on rugrats yes. so many great storylines i learned a lot about jewish tradition Thanks to the Rugrats. I'm not going to lie. I learned a lot about Jewish heritage through the Rugrats. I think that is probably one of my um, very vivid first introductions into Jewish religion and Jewish families. And I absolutely loved it. So got to give a shout out to Rugrats. Also, would I I would be remiss if I did not mention a woo Ducktales, oh, yes. yes. Bring I'm it so home glad you to the said Ducktales. that. I have one more after this that you just reminded me of. But bring I it mean, home. That theme song. I mean, speaking of like badass yes. slapping theme songs, I mean, <laughs> get any better than Ducktales? A woo woo. I mean, come on, no. no, it really does not. And the show is so great. It just holds up. And again, another feel good show that teaches you about morals and mm-hmm. family. And wanting to go on an adventure. It, it's just so sweet. Um, I will say diving into hard coins is not comfortable. N- yeah, definitely don't <laughs> yeah. do that. Um, <laughs> although, Ruby, have you ever been in that position? Yes, and I didn't enjoy it. <laughs> I'm trying to pass that on. It's <laughs> like I was in a cave full of gold coins. Head first. I don't ouch, recover. Ouch. <laughs> um, Ruby, I had the best time having you as so our guest lovely. can this i can so i say lovely. the one that you reminded me of with ducktails yeah yeah oh, of course okay well first of all with rugrats every time i drive by tommy's hamburgers in la i think of the chucky going like toby 
Yeah. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> it cracks me up. Toby. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> um, Muppet Babies. Oh my god, yes! Yes! I off early for like early Muppet care at babies. school. Babies. Oh. Muppet, 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 babies, babies, babies. Oh, oh my god, that was such I a good one. Oh, oh, that's a great girl. Thanks. Look at Ruby, you're, you're reminding me of all these things that I watched when I was a kid that I had forgotten about. Oh, I, I love that love- show. That's such a good one. That was another one that I watched religiously. Mm. And I love how you never saw the mom. You always saw her. You saw her legs or whatever. Green and white stockings. It's so cute. And purple overcoats. I love that. (laughs) Ruby, I've had such a good time. I'm sure Michelle, I speak for Michelle when I say we all had a good time. Oh, we had the best time. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm going to the grocery store. I'm getting milk and cereal. I'm coming back to here, and I'm just going to watch cartoons all night. Well, I'm going to throw out my Cinnamon Toast Crunch and get some other crazy cereal (laughs) and do the same. Love it. Ruby, how can people follow you on the internet if they want to follow your work? Sure. Um, Boy, I'm about to say four Instagram handles, which I don't know if that's weird, but whatever. Um, you can follow me and all the things I do at, uh, at Queen Rubes on Instagram. You could go to my website, rubymrez.com, but like Instagram's where I'm posting the most stuff. And my TikTok page, uh, Ruby Tootie Fresh and Fruity. I have three other Instagram pages. One is my alter ego, Ramon, at Ramon Loves You. One is my sketch comedy page with Kim <laughs> called at Arroz Confa with the... How do we describe that? The lower... An underscore. An underscore. Thank you. And then my latest one is Ruby Smokes a Doobie. That's on Instagram (laughs) where I smoke cannabis and I review it. And I I help people learn about regenerative farming and equitable justice in the cannabis field and supporting BIPOC and women-owned dispensaries and farms. Love it! (laughs) I mean, we'll have to, we'll have to give all the shout outs and tag those uh, on our Instagram. So people are like, wait, what was that? What was that third handle? Well, you could, they could head to head to queen rubes and find all your other stuff. This is true. At queen rubes, queen Q U E N. Wait, I don't know how to spell queen. R-U-B-E-S. Guys, I would never pass a spelling bee. Uh, I didn't even spell queen right on the first try. Uh, you guys, you all know how to spell queen. Queen rubes, R-U-B-E-S. Yes, mm-hmm. we did it. Finally. <laughs> Ruby, or should I, when I say we, I mean me. Um, Ruby, I've had such a lovely time. Thank you so much for... Uh, being a guest on our little kids cartoons episode come back thanks. anytime Hell come back yeah. anytime thanks for reminding me to wake up on saturdays and watch cartoons like this is now going to be part of like once a month i'm going to do this for myself i think it's a nice thing to do just like you mentioned at the top of the show which is like a nice self-care thing so yeah. it's it's you guys listeners you will find it really relaxing anything that we mentioned anything we talked about gives your give yourself a saturday or a sunday night or what have you and just chill whether you want cereal or not yeah come home to yourself in between episodes you can find us on twitter and instagram at crush fictionally and feel free to slide into those dms Or tell us about your favorite fictional crush when you leave us a review on Apple Podcast, and we'll read your crush out loud on the next episode. You've been listening to Crush Fictionally, with original music by the talented Edith Mudge, artwork by the incredible Rose Feddock, 
and produced by the amazing Peter Burns. Thanks for listening. I'm Michelle Veray. And I'm Kimberly Trung. And remember to love yourself. Because your love is real. And I'm Mark David Christensen, and together we host Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast. The show dedicated to the half-demon hero brought forth by writer-artist Mike Mignola and published by Dark Horse Comics. Each week, we discuss everything Hellboy. Plus his expanded universe with the BPRD, Abe Sapien, Lobster Johnson, and many more. That's Ah Crap, a Hellboy podcast on Campfire Media or wherever you get your podcasts. Campfire.